Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard? Uh, this is episode 23 of the podcast. We're moving right along. We've got a lot of information for you today. Uh, it is April 3rd here in Omaha, Nebraska. There's a little snow on the ground. You know, we had had incredibly nice weather for a few days, and all of a sudden last night we got spit on again, and that's typical for the Midwest, but got up this morning and there was a little snow on the ground, so, you know, interesting. Uh, so much going on, so much to talk about. Um, first and foremost, though, I'd like to thank Safety Reports. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Safety Reports, and they are also an Omaha-based company. Uh, if you're not familiar with Safety Reports, they they produce and provide a safety auditing app, um, phone-based, tablet-based, computer-based auditing app that is really excellent. Uh, many of my clients use it and have been using it for years, and uh, the owners over there, Steve and Chet, and all of the folks at Safety Reports uh, have come on board as a sponsor recently, and so they're going to help me provide uh, continuing episodes of What's the Hazard to You? Um one thing I do want to mention about safety reports today, I'm going to try to hit on a different aspect of safety reports as part of every introduction. One of the things I think you will find about safety reports that may not be common to other auditing app um, products is customer service. Steve, Chet, Eric, and the entire crew over there um, really focus heavily on customer service. And some of you are probably too young to remember what customer service is. Uh, perhaps you've never even seen customer service truly, but uh, you will recognize it when you work with safety reports. I mean, uh, attention to detail, attention to customer needs, basic courtesy, all of those things seem to have gone by the wayside. But if you do work with safety reports, as I have been, I think you will be impressed by the customer service that you get from them. So go to www.fletchersafety.com and check them out. There's a link there to safety reports. You can go on, if you go through Fletcher Safety uh, and click on the link there, you'll have access to a free trial. I think it's a 30-day trial. And if you do choose to subscribe or buy a package through Safety Reports, some of the proceeds of that purchase will go toward funding What's the Hazard, and that would be greatly appreciated. So, obviously, Safety Reports wins. Um, you win because you'll be getting an incredibly useful uh, inspection application uh, in addition to many other, it's incredibly versatile. There's a lots more, lots more to it that we'll talk about later, and we'll be able to provide you more episodes of What's the Hazard. So take a look. I think you'll be impressed. Um, today's episode is going to focus on home-based workplaces. Uh, obviously, in the during the current current climate, there's a lot of people working from home. A lot of people that traditionally have not worked from home, perhaps have been relegated to working at home, and I think there are some considerations that go along with that that we need to talk about. Um, certainly, many people have been working from home for years, home-based workplaces, uh, and some of you will recall back in the late 90s, uh, I, was, I started working with OSHA, for OSHA, back in the mid-90s through 2013. So back in the mid-90s, uh, when I was a compliance officer, I think based on a letter of interpretation, uh, someone had requested information or clarification on home-based workplaces. And OSHA either published or intended to publish a response to that request for information in this letter of interpretation. It was coming from enforcement programs. At the time, a guy named Rich Fairfax was the director of enforcement programs, uh, one of the big hitters in the OSHA 
agency for a long, long time, rich, very bright guy, very capable guy. But they were putting out a letter of interpretation that said something to the effect that home-based workplaces are covered by OSHA. And it was, you know, it was certainly the employer's responsibility to ensure that working conditions in a work, in a home-based workplace were adequate, you know, not unlike any other work environment. And that OSHA could conceivably be making inspections of these home-based workplaces. And man, the shit hit the fan. I think word of that got out. I think the media picked up on it. Um, A number of politicians picked up on it. And, you know, almost immediately, Rich was answering to to some congressional committee about OSHA's, you know, stormtroopering through home-based workplaces. And so, man, the agency took a beating on that one and um, immediately published a compliance directive. Um, for those of you that are familiar with compliance directives, and or perhaps not, this is a document that describes OSHA's position and enforcement policies regarding particular industries or hazards. Um, I'm going to suggest you actually go out and, and get a copy of this, because if you do have employees working from home in some capacity, whether that be an administrative function or perhaps even some kind of light manufacturing function, maybe assembly, or maybe they're doing sewing for you, or maybe even they're doing some, maybe even a catering business where you're working from home and have employees working with ovens and equipment and things. This compliance directive addresses those issues, and I think it's worth taking a look at. So go to your Google and check out OSHA CPL 02-0.125, home-based work sites. I think it was published back in 2000. I think everybody that has employees working at home, certainly now, uh, whether you have in the past or not, but certainly now, needs to take a look at this compliance directive. OSHA in the directive states very clearly and unequivocally that OSHA will not conduct inspections of employees' home offices. Okay, I think uh, the reaction to that initial comment led to so much concern that OSHA came out and said, hey, look, we're not going to be conducting inspections of home-based administrative types of workplaces, okay? Uh, But as an employer, I think we still have some duty to ensure that our employees that are working at home understand what a safe working environment should be in in their homes. And so I still think we need to consider things like ergonomics. Um, We need to help them set up ergonomically sound workstations by providing them information as to what that looks like. Um, There are probably issues like emergency egress or emergency action that we need to communicate with them. And I'm not saying that the employer needs to go into these homes and provide this service, but you certainly should be considering communicating some of these ideas with your employees that are working at home. Uh, Here in Nebraska, we are entering into, you know, pretty hazardous weather season, tornado season, severe thunderstorms, things like that. And if employees are working at home, they probably should be at least considering how they respond to those things. Again, if you're living in Nebraska, you've probably already considered that. But I do think as an employer, we have some duty to make sure, if not legally, at least morally and ethically, that our employees are safe working at home. So I know this is certainly unusual circumstances, but I think in the future we may find that, you know, this is the rule rather than the exception and more employees are working at home and we need to consider these things. Further in the compliance directive, OSHA goes on to talk about other home-based work sites 
beyond simply administrative tasks where you might be doing some assembly or you might be doing some sewing or something like that. And definitely there is a requirement um, for employers to ensure that if you are providing materials or equipment or some type of work process, that we are following up with our employees with regard to working safely. Okay, so we just we just can't wash our hands of that. Um, I know we've got a lot to to take care of right now, but that's important. Um, OSHA could perhaps even, based on a complaint or some concerns that are raised, I think could conceivably address an issue like that through a non-formal complaint investigation, perhaps. If an employee was working at home uh, on behalf of the employer, you know, they're being compensated and they're doing something like a light manufacturing type of activity, and they had they were using equipment that had been provided by the employer, you know, if that equipment was unsafe for some reason or something, that employee would certainly be able to file a complaint. And my, my guess, I mean, obviously I'm not with OSHA any longer, but my guess would be that they could conceivably follow up with some type of a non-formal investigation, which is, you know, where they basically phone and fax or email information back and forth to try to uh, address some type of a concern like that. So that's not out of the realm of possibility. And then keep in mind that if you do have employees working at home, there are recording um, issues that we need to be aware of. So um, I'm going to read you the language from OSHA. This is from 29 CFR 1904-5. So if you, if you have access to the record-keeping standard, OSHA's position on recording incidents uh, at home are as follows. It's a question. How do I decide if a case is work-related when the employee is working at home? Injuries and illnesses that occur while an employee is working at home, including work in a home office, will be considered work-related if the injury or illness occurs while the employee is performing work for pay or compensation in the home, and the injury or illness is directly related to the performance of work rather than to general home environment or setting. And then the regulation goes on to give you some examples of what they're talking about. If an employee drops a box of work documents and injures his or her foot, the case is considered work-related. And then if uh, additional recording criteria are met, conceivably we would have to put that on our OSHA 300 log. Uh, They go on to suggest that if an employee is injured because he or she trips over the family dog while rushing to answer the phone, the case is not considered work-related. So obviously we're going to have to use uh, some logic in making those determinations, but just keep in mind, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, we are all stretched in, in a number of different directions right now. We're trying to keep our work sites or our plants up and operating. We're trying to follow all of those social distancing guidelines and hygiene practices and remote training. All of a sudden, all of these things that we're dealing with, let's not forget the employees that we have working at home. There's a lot that needs to be considered. Okay. Um, if you do have questions about that, you know, check out that CPL, check out the OSHA website, you know, the record keeping standard, um, send me an email, Doug at FletcherSafety.com if you have questions about that, but it is interesting. And I, I, am afraid that that group of employees may be somewhat forgotten in all of the, uh, chaos going on right now. So, you know, going forward, I mean, I'm looking at the same thing. Fletcher safety, um, I am an old-fashioned safety guy. I like to go into the plant. I like to watch employees work. I like to communicate face-to-face. 
um, because safety is ultimately about relationships, about trust, about those types of things. And I think to some degree, we are going to see that change in the future. Whenever we come out of this COVID-19 issue on the other side, I think that all of us are going to consider if, if we need to make some changes to the way we conduct our business. And I think uh, in large part, the way that I conduct my business may have to be changed. I, I'm hopeful that those face-to-face relationships will continue to some degree, but I also think it's appropriate to prepare myself to do more um, live streaming training, web-based training, maybe even virtual auditing to some extent. I think some of my employees and I are going to attempt to use some kind of a device to go out and do virtual audits and just see how that works. And I've got some, I've got some clients that are incredibly helpful and I think willing to experiment with that a little bit. But I do think there is a possibility that um, going forward, we will be able to utilize some of these technologies and perhaps even expand our reach, perhaps expand some of these services to people that otherwise would not have access to them. So I am excited about that. Um, I will say, though, that I am not an incredibly techie guy. In fact, that is an overstatement of my ability. Um, I have absolutely no technical aptitude whatsoever. Um, I was telling Pat earlier when I was in when I was in college, uh, many 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 years ago. I was an engineering student and I took a Fortran class. So those of you that are old enough to remember what Fortran is, it was just a basic computer language coding class, but it was all punch cards. And so you would actually type in your code and, it, and, and the device would punch these cards. And so you had sequential cards that had the code embedded in these physical punches. These, it's almost like the old voting booth days, you know, where they would actually punch a hole. And I can remember walking with a stack of sequential cards one time on campus. I went to Tulsa University uh, way back in the 70s and I dropped these cards and the sequence was the key and the cards went everywhere. And uh, the next week I dropped out of engineering school and went into the biological sciences college and the rest is history, man. But uh, that just goes to show you that um, I didn't really embrace, I I never thought computers were going to catch on, frankly. Um, I just refused to succumb to the pressure of learning how to use computers. Um, I guess it's inevitable at this point that computers are going to catch on. They appear to be here to stay. And so That brings me to my guest today. Um, I know there are a number of you that are probably struggling with doing uh, meetings and remote learning and training and all of those things. Um, You know, many companies have the luxury of tech specialists, or I know my wife works for a school district here in town. They do Zoom meetings every morning and they're teaching via Zoom. Um, But I know it was very challenging for her as well and for many of her colleagues to figure all this out. So, um, fortuitously, I ran into a guy not too long ago, um, and he, he has expertise in some of these areas. You know, instrument, instrumentation or instructional design, online learning, all of those kind of things are right in his wheelhouse. Um, and so I invited him to come on and join us and talk a little bit about some of these different technologies, some of these uh, devices that some of you might be able to use if you are struggling with developing and and providing some kind of communication with your employees. And so uh, it's a pleasure to introduce today Jeff Beck. Uh, he used to play guitar for the Yardbirds with uh, Eric. Cl- no, different <laughs> Jeff Beck. Sorry, man. Um, I'm old enough to remember who the Yardbirds are. Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck. I'm probably the first person that's ever said that to you. Um, I know you're not that yeah, Jeff Beck. Absolutely. 
But uh, Jeff Beck is part of our safety community here in Nebraska. And again, he's been doing safety for a long time. I'll let him talk more about his background and his uh, his, uh, CV. But um, he does have this unique expertise, this instructional design, this online learning, those kind of things that I think many of us do not. And so I've asked him to come on and join us and talk a little bit about that and, you know, what the future of training and information communication is going to look like and some of the tools that some of you could utilize or at least explore uh, in order to do those things. So, Jeff, thanks for being with me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Doug. You are you were coming to us today. from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Did you guys get snow? That's correct. Yep, yep. We got a nice little dusting and make okay, the roads man. nice and of course slick and make the roads slick. Another that's just what we needed was more more hazards to deal with. So your company yep, is called yep. B is the as Bravo B five Connections, and uh, you are you are uh, as I said you have expertise in these areas. So uh, talk to me yes. about training and communication strategies in this current climate, and then you know what some of these contractors and some of these business should be looking at going forward, man and. Any advice you can give yeah. us would be greatly appreciated. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, well, like you said, uh, Doug, I've been in the safety realm for about 23 years now and have had, oh, in that time, about 15 years doing instructional design, mostly focused on distance learning, e-learning, and uh, various means of virtual communication. What's interesting is it's actually the, the safety profession uh, that has led me into kind of the, the techie side of things, as you call it uh, today. Uh, it's kind of started back in, oh, the early 2000s with an organization I was working for. I was uh, doing the training and, and doing a lot of regulatory training for them, consulting, uh, so forth, as, as part of their company. And they had facilities throughout the United States. Well, as you well know, you know, you got to get the, the consistent message out to, you know, the entire company. Right. And this is about the same time that, uh, you know, things like, uh, uh, you know, the webcast technology was just kind of starting to come about and people were starting to, you know, go, hey, what's this kind of stuff? And, and uh, it's also about the same time that e-learning was starting to take a foothold in the, uh, in the businesses and, you know, but that was all still pretty new. Uh, along that times and and so I kind of just took the two skill sets so to speak and and uh, they just kind of evolved together and I've always used my background in occupational health and safety and then using the um, tech side of things whether it be creating something e-learning or using you know webcast technology or whatever Mm -hmm. it is to to be able to provide uh, different ways uh, for people to attend training and also different ways to to get different you know safety messages out to uh, people not just locally but across the nation when needs to be so absolutely that's kind of how things came about and, so you were you, you were know, kind of in the in the pioneering phase of all this back in the in the beginning when it was really oh, uh, yeah. becoming I mean the technologies were evolving that's fantastic because Yep. I, I just learned about Zoom like two weeks ago, man. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I am the yep. other end, end of that extreme, unfortunately. But hey, there's yeah, a lot of people out there who are probably somewhere between you and I in our aptitude. And those are the folks that I'm hoping mm-hmm. you can give some guidance to. So um, no, in, sure. in, any, in any order you want, man, just talk about what what these folks and what you're doing right now. I know you are actually affiliated with Southeast Community College in, 
down in Lincoln or like, you know, Eastern Nebraska and that -hmm. you are helping them with some of this stuff right now. Because I mean, the reality is the way that we interact with our employees has, we have forced to change. We can't assemble in groups. We can't do that large group face-to-face training anymore. So like it or not, the training has to continue. I mean, there are certainly regulatory requirements to train. There are, there are definitely needs to train. And so what options do people have, or at least what, what would you recommend? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, we're going kind of through that exact same thing with uh, Southeast Community College right now. You know, a lot of companies, as you said, they're um, been forced to just kind of shut things off. And, you know, the, you know, nothing's going to replace the face-to-face interactions. And, you know, that's always going to be the best means of things. But, uh, you know, Zoom's the seems to be the popular product right now that people are using to, to do the webcasts and, and hold uh, different type of events, you know, such as, you know, this podcast, for example, is a great one. But, uh, you know, some of the things we're looking at with uh, Southeast Community College is, is, like you said, how can we start getting the safety training uh, back out to the, to the businesses, uh, back out to, you know, the healthcare community, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever else that, that needs to, to have this, you know, just because you're not in a classroom and I can't be face to face with you anymore, doesn't mean we actually have to stop the training. I mean, definitely, uh, you and I, you know, both know and can probably cite several different videos and, and case studies where people get trapped into, you know, that tunnel vision effect where they just focus on one thing and, and forget about everything that's happening around them. And, and, to, you know, some right. of the fact, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this over email, I think a little bit last week of, you know, everybody's focused on what we need to do with COVID-19, which is, you know, definitely top priority and making sure that we don't spread that. But that doesn't mean all the, the training and all the requirements and, you know, the people that have to be in the facilities, you know, and hazards and all of that has gone away. We need to continue to do that. So how do we do that? Right. And... So, you know, Zoom's a good technology to use. There's a ton of different um, webcast technologies out there. If you're, you know, for like the smaller businesses, uh, most companies nowadays are on what's called Office 365 Mm -hmm. as far as uh, being able to use, you know, Microsoft Office or Word, Excel, you know, PowerPoint, Access, you know, whatever it is they need to use for their business. And one of the apps they call it that come with office 365 is a pretty good pretty cool tool called microsoft teams oh nice and for small businesses i mean that's just part of your office 365 business subscription in most cases is microsoft teams and with microsoft teams you can do a webcast you can do really a lot of the same things that uh you know something like zoom does you know where you can send out an invite to uh, maybe the people you got working at home or working off site and uh, have them join in on a meeting. You can present training through that uh, in that aspect, you know, internally uh, Microsoft teams has a lot of horsepower with being able to provide uh, different resources and channels and, you know, chat systems and things like that internally for a business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if you're a small business and you have Office 365, you've already got a resource sitting right in your pocket right now 
that's available to you and, um, and ready to go. So is it is it relatively no user is it relatively user friendly? I didn't mean to interrupt you, man, but you know, for yeah. me, of course, just the idea of learning one of these new technologies paralyzes mm-hmm. me. And so, um, is it something that if you are not particularly well acquainted with this type of thing, you could get in and figure out fairly easily, or is it fairly user friendly? Which one of those, like Zoom and mm-hmm. and Microsoft Teams, uh, are they both? fairly similar in what it takes to get up and running? Yeah, yeah, actually they're both pretty similar on on what you want to do. Uh, they operate fairly similar. I mean, basically all the webcast type technology that we use to communicate uh, virtually uh, is fairly similar on how you're going to use it. Some, okay. Actually, some are going to be more complex than others depending on what your business needs are. But, uh, but yeah, Microsoft Teams is really easy to to utilize you just you can log in and and uh, uh, just download the uh, the client to your to your desktop if you want to do that or it has a, a version that can operate within you know the web browser uh, I found out it works pretty good and you know works best in like Chrome works pretty decent in Firefox okay uh, Safari um, I'm still kind of trying to test out see how it goes on that I'm you know, I haven't, you know, it, it does work in Safari. There is a, uh, I think there's a little bit more work to get it going on Safari. Uh, but, you know, if Apple or a Mac is what you use, then it should be pretty easy to just okay. integrate and get going. Uh, if you're not going cross-platform from, say, a, a, a PC to a Mac or something like that, okay. um, then it's not too bad. Uh, so Microsoft what, Go ahead, man. That in the trash bin. Uh, don't don't even open Microsoft Edge. Okay, uh, that's just my own personal opinion. You know, for a browser, uh, there's not a lot that works with with Edge or okay. Um, Good like to know. Yeah. Well, let uh, me ask you this. Let me let me throw you out a yeah. couple of scenarios. So, mm-hmm. if I have employees that are working remotely, they are at their homes, they're in front of a laptop. Any of these probably work well. You know, Teams, Zoom, whatever. Mm-hmm. What what if I've got guys out in the field? Are, is there a is there a technology that, for example, I could communicate maybe via smartphone or something with a dozen guys that I have out in the field or something? Um, you know, we've got a couple of different issues here. I mean, on the construction site, I can still bring my crew together, physically together, and they can they can distance themselves, you know, six feet apart or whatever, and I can speak to them in a big mm-hmm. semicircle. But if I've got guys on multiple locations, for example, maybe I've got, you know, five or six crews out. And I want to be able to communicate with them. It's certainly more time um, expeditious to be able to communicate with all of them at once, maybe give them the briefing or whatever. Is there a phone based option for that? Or is that literally just, Oh yeah. What would I do? Yeah. I'm going to go back to Microsoft teams again. I mean, there's, there's an app for that, you know, uh, pardon the pun on that app for that. But anyways, uh, there's an app you can download for Microsoft teams and, uh, actually, one of the organizations I worked for, they were completely wireless, and Teams was the main platform we used. And uh, as far as having like a desk phone or something like that, uh, we didn't use those. I mean, we were almost 100%, you know, through our cell phones. And most of the time, we would use Teams, Microsoft Teams, to call each other and talk to each other through Microsoft Teams because the internet connection was better 
and we could talk to each other better and we can even go face to face if we wanted to okay. on that side of it compared to, you know, like if I'm in a, in some place that I'm not getting a very good, uh, service, you know, maybe I'm, you know, out in the middle of like, say, let's take Western Nebraska, for sure, example, sure. you know, we, we head out there and, and depending on the provider you have, you may or may not have self-service, but you may be inside of a building that has Wi-Fi to it. Okay. Well, as long as you got Wi-Fi, then I've got access to my uh, Teams app. I can pull that up and I can make a phone call and call somebody else in my organization. And and we can do that meeting just like what you said, uh, you know, throughout the state or, you know, even throughout the United States. It doesn't matter. I mean, I we had facilities located. Uh, I think there's about six or eight facilities throughout the U.S. and and we would pull, you know, leadership in, uh, you know, monthly or whenever we needed to, uh, you know, if we needed to do like a safety stand down or something like that, mm-hmm. it was no problem to pull that down. And, and Teams was the, the tool that I used for that. Uh, Zoom, for example, has an app on the phone. You know, the podcasts we're doing today, um, I'm doing it through my phone on, you know, you know we're using Zoom. Uh, and I've downloaded the, the app to Zoom. Okay, uh, we are? In the information. <laughs> We're using Zoom? Yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, good. Look at me. Yes, we are. So, <laughs> okay, nice. Yep, we're using Zoom. And, and uh, you know, so when the meeting ID was sent to me, I just plugged that in with the password information. I've got a, you know, a headset on mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not in a, in a cool soundproof room like you are sure, right now. Sure, sure. And so my headset's going to give the better audio quality for what we're doing yeah. today. And, and so I'm just running through the app on my phone um, uh, using Zoom to do the podcast that we're doing today. So, uh, you know, that's you very know, cool. Just about all of them are going to do that. Um, another favorite, it depends, again, on budget, too, for companies. Uh, this is my favorite, Adobe Connect. Uh, I'm, I'm a big-time Adobe fan, uh, especially with my graphic design background. Interesting. I, I love the Adobe products and, and everything. Adobe Connect has some very awesome tools for providing uh, education uh, through uh, technology, through distance learning, for example. Okay. And, you know, if I ever have a choice on, you know, and money's not an issue, then Adobe Connect's where I'm going to go. It's not horribly priced. Most businesses can afford that, and they've got different tiers okay. based on what you're going to do. Uh, that you know, as far as subscription plans, based on what you need it for. Okay. Uh, same thing with Zoom. Zoom has different tiers too, based off of what you need. I've noticed that. Uh, yeah, I just as I said, I've just begun to dabble in that, and we, you know, mm-hmm. my my training partner Aaron Cerrone and I are looking at doing some, you know, and you're going to help me helping with this. It sounds like some web-based training mm-hmm. coming up here in the near future, and uh, so as I was playing around with Zoom a little bit, I realized that, you know, if you want to get out to a certain number of people or if you want to have a certain amount of time, if there, there are time limitations, certainly, you know, obviously become the incredible use, you know, the stress on the system, but there are tiers mm-hmm. that, you you know, there are free and then there are pay levels and um, it might right. be wise to, to uh, get into one of those pay levels to at least access a little bit more mm-hmm. time. Or, and most of these will also offer like a, free trial period as well. I think most of them do either a seven or 14 day free trial period that you can uh, go in and, and uh, experience, you know, the different features that uh, the different types of software, different types of solution has to offer. Cool. Uh, And the other cool thing about all these things is they're all web-based. So, you know, like with a, a business organization, usually you have your, 
your network that a lot of things are, are stored on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is all in the cloud. So you don't have to be, you know, hooked into your uh, network at your at your company office to be able to to access these things. You just, oh, that is cool. You know, all you need is an internet connection. Yeah. You know, or, you know, if you got good self-service anymore with the, the service to, that's being provided with, uh, you know, the 5G that's coming out, you know, the 4G, those are fast enough to support a lot of the uh, uh, connectivity issues that you need to, you know, just using data on your phone too. Nice. So, well, so let me, uh, let's get back to the Adobe Connect just for a minute. What is it about Adobe yeah. Connect that you find um, valuable to you? What is it about it that maybe might separate it from the, the Teams or the Zoom a- applications? Mm-hmm. Well, with Adobe Connect, you have, uh, naturally you have the chat options, which most of them all do so okay. that you can, can run the chat on the side, you know, if you're having problems like that. But uh, the other thing with Adobe Connect is they have uh, different panels, uh, for lack of a, a better term, that you can uh, build out uh, and utilize. So, uh, you know, polls is a pretty option, you know, uh, is a popular thing. You can do polls uh, oh, yeah. with people and make sure that people are staying engaged with you by throwing up a poll. Like a survey, uh, a poll, a survey. Yeah, a survey, okay. a poll. Okay, gotcha. Uh, you can do one of the other things I liked about it is you can have a pod that has like attachments to different, uh, say worksheets or exercises or something that, uh, you want your end user to be able to download and then use, maybe it's something you don't want to send out in advance because you don't want to kind of give away the class, so to speak. Uh, and you want to do it real time as you're going through, just like what you would do when you teach a, an actual class. And, and uh, you know, so it has the capabilities to uh, be able to upload those documents and have them ready to go in, say, like a PDF format. And then when you're ready for them, you just essentially activate that or turn on that uh, uh, that particular pod and say, okay, now I want you to download, you know, this um exercise and I want you to work through this and then you know you can pause and let them work through it and then you come back and and you go through the exercise just like you would in a classroom right so So, real training I mean you're really doing training it's just not back and forth communication or unidirectional communication it is actual interactive Mm -hmm. training I like that okay yeah yeah so so it has a lot more features built into it uh, and that's that's why I liked it so much is, is the flexibility that it had uh, it really is, you know, when you compare it to other products, like at the time it was, uh, it, it was like, uh, I was comparing like Adobe Connect, WebEx and GoToMeeting were kind of like the top three that were coming mm-hmm. out back in like the early 2000s and WebEx was real popular, still is. I mean, Cisco WebEx is still a, a good staple that uh, people use, but it's more designed internally, uh, but you can hold webcasts and they've got a lot of good features to it as well. I've heard of GoToMeeting. I think I've actually participated, probably unknowingly, but I think I've participated in GoToMeeting meetings, you know. Right. Um, So that's been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, GoToMeeting, and then GoToMeeting also has what's called GoToWebinar, because they were kind of starting to fall behind on, you know, some of the WebEx and Adobe Connect stuff. So they came up with GoToWebinar and had a different pricing structure to it, too. So that's something else that you need to pay attention to when when you're looking at, 
these different types of solutions is okay yeah i got a go-to meeting right uh, that should work but you know what you know people will find themselves thinking they're buying one a solution that meets the needs for their business only to find out it's not the one they may have been looking at on the on the internet if that makes any sense at all interesting and yeah, it's falling course. short so gotcha so you really need to pay attention to the different tiers uh, that some of these services have to offer course, and yeah. uh, where they're at so okay um there, there's a lot there and uh it seems like yeah. there are a lot of options one thing i find you know really uh, i'm optimistic about is the fact that while I agree with you, uh, you know, I hope that we don't ever lose the face-to-face interactions mm-hmm. and relationships on the work sites. I do think that this opens up an opportunity to reach people that we otherwise would not have reached. I know oh, yeah. as a consultant, and you, you as well, you know this as well, there are mm-hmm. people that cannot afford to pay a consultant or to, to bring a trainer, you know, many miles you know, across the state. Um, pay for that expense for a one or two hour training session. It's just prohibitive. And I think you oh, know, yeah. when I first started my consulting business, uh, you know, people out in Western Nebraska who I'd worked with before while I was with OSHA would call me and say, Hey, we'd love to have you come out and you know, do a mm-hmm. half day of training. And I'd say, well, okay, it's, you know, it's 1200 bucks to pay me to get out there and back and 200 bucks for the yep. training or whatever it was. And, you know, that just closed the door. And I think this really, you know, as, as an optimist, I think that this will give us an opportunity to reach more people. And I'm actually excited about oh, yeah. that. You know, the technologies, yeah, I'll overcome that fear at some point. But I just think, man, <laughs> you know, getting this information out is so important. Uh, having access to information mm-hmm. is so important. And I do think that some of these geographic challenges have limited people's access to information. So I'm, I'm very excited about this as a possibility. And um, man, I... I think we are all we're going to need people like you that understand this because as we continue to use these types of technologies, these types of solutions, um, many of us, myself included, are going to need at least some wise counsel on how to do these things. You know, I mean, as you mm-hmm. said, some of these are very user friendly, as you'd indicated. And I think you know it's, it gives us a starting point. Having said that, if somebody has questions needs counsel how do they get a hold of you where, where can they reach you have an email yep. address or something that they can contact you or yep they're uh, more than welcome to email me uh, my email is uh, jeff j-e-f-f dot beck b-e-c-k and then at b as in bravo or beck the number five and the word connections c-o-n-n-e-c-t-i-o-n-s com. So that's jeff.beck at b5connections.com. So you can email me directly that way, or uh, I have a uh, pretty basic website I threw up last night uh, that you can uh, <laughs> log right. into, and I got a contact form uh, on nice. uh, the website that I'm um, putting back together again or Good, putting man. back Good. up again. And uh, so you can... Uh, Get a hold of me through the contact form there, which is uh, www.b5connections.com, and that's with the number five in it. So it's awesome. Uh, uh, that's where most people get thrown off. So it's b the number five and then connections.com. Okay, cool. And so either one of those means are a good way to get a hold of me. So just the uh, fact that you were able to throw a website up last night 
suggest that you know a hell of a lot more about this than I ever will. I'd be <laughs> two years in trying to get, uh, you know, oh, well, man. There's no no point in beating that horse to death. Everybody knows I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's cool. Man, yeah, well, I, you know, we are running up on our time, but this is really great okay. information. I sincerely appreciate it. I know that oh, sure. many of the listeners are struggling with this challenge, and mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that one of these uh, solutions you suggested We'll get them started because as we've just talked about, this communication, this training must go on. I mean, I know that we have unique challenges and I understand that. And there are some priorities that perhaps can be postponed. There are some training that is probably suitable to be postponed for a little, but there is some training that we cannot ignore that has to go forward. And we're going to have to embrace these these technologies Mm -hmm. to do that, man. So. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to post your contact information on my website with this podcast episode. So hopefully as people have questions about some of these things, uh, it'll generate a little business your way as, as well. I know that you do consulting in this area and I think that would be incredibly Mm -hmm. helpful. Um, you're working with Southeast community college and I think that's fantastic. Get them up and running in a, from a web-based solutions approach. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything else you want, any parting messages or anything you want to say on the way out the door, man, figuratively? No, I'm just, yeah, I'm willing to help out wherever I can to uh, try to make this transition as easy as possible for people. I mean, uh, kind of like you said, I mean, whether we want it or not, it's being forced down a lot of people's throats. And, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to embrace it right now until we get past this this ordeal that we're in right now. and. And the bottom line, you know, we're going to have to use this technology. So, uh, right. yeah, any questions at all, feel free to get a hold of me. I'm help, happy to help out. And if it goes beyond that, just kind of like what we're talking, then we can discuss more. But, yeah, I'm happy to help. I appreciate I it. Man, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. As I don't know whether it was Seneca or Epictetus or Marcus Aurelius. I've been reading, obviously, the Stoic meditations every morning, trying to get my head straight mm-hmm. before I start the day. But... As they said, the obstacle is the way. And so we have always looked at this as kind of an obstacle, but this is the way and we need to embrace it. And uh, I think we're all going to be fine. You know, I think it, I think oh, yeah. truly it, if we add this to our toolbox, this is only going to enhance our ability to communicate with, inform and educate our employees. So, man, thank you oh, for absolutely. the insights. I, I sincerely appreciate it. I'll be talking to you in the near future. And uh, we're going to wrap up, man. So take care of yourself, Jeff. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. Oh, I mean, that was really interesting stuff. And again, uh, this stuff terrifies me. And so I think oftentimes we all just need a guide, someone who is more comfortable than us with these things, just to lead us through. And so, um, yeah, it was interesting. I just really just came into communication with Jeff a few weeks ago. Uh, I found it oddly fortuitous that this was an area where he has some expertise And so, um, again, um, if there's something that you need and he can help you with, uh, by all means, give him a call and see if he can't help you out. Um, I'm going to wrap it up for today. Just keep in mind those employees that are working at home, they need and deserve our attention as well as the folks that we still have on job sites and in facilities. So check out that CPL from OSHA, give it some thought and, um, you know, let's, let's include them, um, Again, going forward, um, this is uh, these are unique and interesting times. I think, again, the obstacle is the way. We need to embrace some of these changes and really, you know, capitalize on these opportunities. And so while I think we are all somewhat fearful about these changes, 
Uh, I think there is definitely an opportunity for us to get better at what we do. Certainly as safety people, uh, these are opportunities for us to continue to look after our employees. And so I hope you're all doing well. Hang in there for another week. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Um, I'll be in touch. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. A Parkville Media Production. <laughs> <laughs>